And so what I want to talk about is really how we can have the betrayer become a supporter and nurturer and how that helps the betrayed or injured spouse heal. Are you tired of learning how to heal from an affair, but not actually healing? Maybe you've gone to marriage counseling, but it hasn't gotten you anywhere. Or you've spent months struggling to heal and you're tired. If you're worried you might never be able to get through this on your own, then consider letting us help you. Go to HealingBrokenTrust.com and discover how working with Brad or a member of our team can make the difference you're craving. That's HealingBrokenTrust.com. But before we get started, Brad, let's give some context for the listeners. Why is it important to know about this number one secret to healing? Well, I think the title of this podcast is self-explanatory. It's really the number one secret to healing. Right. If you can do it. Now, some couples, uh, and a lot actually, probably 50% of couples listening to this are really going to struggle with this. But when it's there, it really accelerates the healing process. And when it's not there... um, we really get caught in the negative cycle. And frankly, there's a lot of issues that need to be resolved for people to be able to really implement this number one secret. And if you are just joining with us or you just started uh, listening at this episode, if you want to learn more about the negative cycles, go back to episode three, download episode three and listen to uh, the negative cycles. It's extremely important. It's another cornerstone episode to this whole process. Um, so definitely check out episode three. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we get started? Yeah, I would just say, uh, you don't want to abuse this. This is a secret to healing. It's not something to use that you abuse uh, your spouse with. You want to really try to be compassionate as you work through an affair. Obviously people are hurting. Obviously it's difficult, uh, but this isn't licensed to abuse. And so I think you're going to enjoy it, and when you can when when you can implement it, uh, things really take off. However, like I said a second ago, 50% of the couples I would say really aren't able to do this because they've got serious work they've got to do in their marriage. And even when they don't have serious work to do in their marriage, you really need to be working with a competent, trained professional working through an affair. But this is a uh, really big part of the healing process, and so. Without further ado, Morgan, you want to take it away? Yep, let's get started. Healingbrokentrust.com is where you can find the downloadables, the things that you can that you can download to help you along this process. And so let's get started. And I want to present a balanced view to this because this can be taken in such an extreme that it's very, very, very unhealthy for a couple and for their marriage. Because ultimately what we're doing when we're recovering from an affair is we are dealing with trauma Mm -hmm. and we're helping the marriage get back on track. We're not just helping one individual get back on track. Right. And so that's what we're working for. Uh, And so what I want to talk about is really how we can have the betrayer become a supporter and nurturer and how that helps the betrayed or injured spouse heal. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things on the internet, there's a lot of therapists, there's a lot of different people who say, after you have an affair, you lose your voice, you lose your opinions, you no longer have a right to have needs, and you got to be a doormat for this person right here. That you have betrayed. That you have betrayed. 
And that's obviously very short-sighted and very unhealthy because it's not taking into consideration the factors that led up to the affair, and it's not taking into consideration, look, we're we're building we're rebuilding more than just a, one person who's been broken. We're also rebuilding a marriage, right? And so we're going to talk about uh, some of the some of the characteristics of people uh, when they do this in a healthy way and when they do this in an unhealthy way. And we're going to talk about uh, how this can really uh, have a s- significant impact in helping a relationship recover from an affair. And then I also want to get into. What does it? What does this mean when the betrayer refuses to be a nurturer and a supporter after an affair? What that looks like. What that what, yeah. What that looks like and what that could mean. And so, first of all, I want to say this: I have never had a couple, except for one, and I've worked with at least two hundred couples through an affair, uh, maybe two hundred and fifty, but at least two hundred couples that I've worked with through an affair where. If they followed this idea that we're talking about today, they they didn't they they recovered. They didn't fall back. They didn't backslide. They didn't divorce. They didn't separate. They didn't go downhill. They didn't just crash. Mm-hmm. And the idea is, the one who has the affair becomes the supporter and the nurturer, and they're honest. They're going to help their spouse heal, and they're going to move forward as a couple. But when people are resistant. And they are scared and they are still seeing the affair partner and they're dishonest, that really hinders their ability to recover. And they don't trust the process. They're scared because they don't trust the process. Yeah, they're scared because they don't trust the process. And I've had several people where just sharing this with them, look, you need to become a nurturer for them, a supporter for them, be honest with them about this. It's going to work. The odds are in your favor. And everybody I've worked with, except for one person, this hasn't worked with. And the one person that I worked, that I shared this with, uh, and everything I'm sharing with you guys today, this one person that it didn't work with was somebody that came in the first week of uh, therapy. They discovered this in the first week. They came in that same week, and I met with them twice. And the first week, uh, I'm discussing different things with them. The wife just found out the husband was willing to stay and wanted to work on the marriage. The wife encouraged him to be honest. Uh, The wife uh, didn't like the fact that he was honest with her and that that he actually had an affair with a woman. And he was in his 40s, and this was a woman in her early 20s. And she thought that God was giving her a ministry to help betrayed women. And she was well off financially. They were both well off financially, so she didn't need him for his for his money and so God had spoken to her and said you're going to go help other women you've got a new ministry so she took this and ran with it and mm-hmm. later called her office right. and was very upset uh, that she didn't give her chance her marriage a chance to heal and right. to recover instead she just left and and said that you know oh I, this is my ministry I'm not going to stay yeah. with my husband and yeah and uh, you know of course we encourage people after an affair to stay long enough to sort out what's going on and come to a decision and a conclusion you can live with. That's not based on a moment, second Mm -hmm. emotion. All of a sudden you just choose when you're in the the worst part of the pain. Yeah. And, and so 
that's the one exception to this. Everybody else has always worked, and I can say that confidently. That's my experience with this. When the person who has had the affair is honest, and they're willing to do whatever it takes, and they're a supporter and a nurturer, and they show their shame and they show their remorse, they've always made it. It's always worked, except for that one time, and that was very in, in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we want to present a balanced approach to this because I'm saying you got to be honest. You've got to be. Uh, I don't want this to come across as one-sided. You, know, you got to be a nurturer. You got to be a supporter. This doesn't mean that you're losing your rights. This doesn't mean you're losing your voice. Right. This doesn't mean that you don't have a right to be hurt from things that may have led up to the affair. Mm-hmm. I have a couple that I've worked with where. In this particular situation, uh, the husband, he was the one betrayed. And before all this stuff happened, he was talking with his brother-in-law and uh, had too much to drink. And starts talking about his wife, sharing some things about her. And then that's what led to her uh, indiscretions. And because she just, a wall went up and she got really hurt by that. She felt really betrayed. Even though it wasn't an affair, she got really hurt. And then... Uh, Those boundaries came down. Yeah, like. well, and she was just very vulnerable and very broken and uh, had a an affair with somebody that was already a friend. Mm. And she was really hurt by her husband. And so her becoming a nurturer and a healer and a supporter is obviously going to be more difficult than somebody who had a one-night stand or who is a sex addict or who, you know, in other types of situations. Right. And so some of those factors are a consideration in this. Right. Very important. But if you're able to do whatever it takes, if you're willing to do whatever it takes, if you're, you know, you're showing your shame and your remorse and your tears and you are uh, compassionate and you're nurturing and you're supporting, this is going to greatly aid you. Right. Obviously, there's some things that are there that may make it harder. Uh, I've had... And I, I want to share a balanced view because I've had people who've gone to other therapists who uh, were very bitter because they felt like they lost everything. They didn't have a voice. And usually, Morgan, those people were uh, already on the fence about leaving anyway. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to come to counseling again because the therapist was going to say, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. So right. they were being very vocal about it. And they were already – and in fact, a lot of – I think, in fact, most of those people, in fact, I would say about almost all of them that I can think of, and I've only had a handful of those, maybe five or six, who uh, I think all of them have already made up their mind that they were going to leave anyway. Mm -hmm. They were already still in contact with the affair partner, or they uh, had already made up their mind that they wanted to leave. But it sounds like a lot of therapists are justifying the abuse of the the betrayer because of their indiscretion instead of the balanced approach that both people have needs and wants and obviously the betrayer is going to need to show remorse and a healthy level of shame for what they've done Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that they are going to deserve abuse um, because of what uh, they've done exactly morgan that's a great way to look at it and it's a great way to say that and also the negative cycle isn't necessarily always taken into consideration. Correct. Yeah. And the negative cycle needs to be taken into consideration because we're rebuilding a marriage. And we'll talk a lot and about that. And it's two people. It's not just one person who's there. Right. Who's a, who's a nurse, who's a doctor helping this person get better. Resuscitating. It's, yeah. There needs, yeah. And here, this is important for our listeners, for you guys to understand this. 
there needs to be compassion on both sides of this. Right. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of hurt, a lot of shame, a lot of anger, a lot of rage, a lot of yelling, that kind of thing. A lot of that's normal, but there needs to be compassion. Fundamentally, you have to have compassion to heal from this. Right. And you need to express that. And the quicker you can work through the negative cycle that's causing the fighting and the arguing and the yelling and the bitterness and the resentment, the better you're going to be. Right. And so, because it'll help because you're working on rebuilding the marriage and so you need that right and you need to be honest you need the compassion because it's a two-way street there needs to be compassion on both sides mm-hmm. uh, but we also need the one who had the affair to become the supporter and the nurturer and be honest so that their spouse can move forward in healing absolutely and morgan let me explain let me share this before we move on i had a couple one time and i've shared this before and What's really amazing about this is just how powerful what we're talking about today is, Mm -hmm. how much this really works. I had a couple I worked with in therapy for three months, maybe four months. Uh, They they came in because the husband got caught in one affair. Turns out he had nine, and they went back from the time I think they were dating. And so he got caught in this one affair. There was eight other affairs. He did not want to open up. Mm-hmm. And talk about this. Very little answers. Very few. Very short. Very right? short. <clears throat> and he didn't really uh, share a whole lot. And it kept his wife stuck. And finally, she's. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm stuck. I'm not getting any better. I feel like I did when I first found out, or at least in the first few days, I found out. I'm not. You know, feel like I'm living with a liar. And so she was done. He came into our office. I happened to be free. Met with him and talked with him, and he said, Brad, how much is too much? There's more here. There's at least, uh, you know, six or seven others. Turns out there was eight. There's at least all these different girls. How much is too much? I've been worried about that the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I told him what I just mentioned a moment ago. I've never had anybody who didn't become a supporter, a nurturer, in a sense, a healer who didn't uh, make it work. So, You've never had anyone who became that nurturer and supporter who didn't work, right? So yeah, they've always done that. They've they've always, yeah, that's yeah. been willing to do whatever it takes. That's been honest. And honesty is a huge part of becoming a nurturer and a supporter. Right. You know, there's physical affection. I'm sorry. I'm ashamed. But also honesty is a huge part of this. Mm-hmm. And I shared that with them. And uh, she stayed. Right. They made it work. They've and. Out. You know, in, yeah, six. Yeah, I talked to her later that day, and she's like, "This guy is evil," because he told you know she found out everything, and it's really hard to understand why people can do things like that. And she was, you know, this guy's evil. And uh, a few months later, maybe four or five months later, maybe six months later, she's she's saying he's really an incredible man. He's really an incredible dad. He's a really incredible man. She began to see him differently. Right. And. So, you know, this isn't hopeless. You just have to trust this process. And so we're going to get into some of that. Uh, I want to give characteristics of people who, uh, and for lack of a better way of describing this, probably are what I would consider slow supporters, slow nurturers. Where they kind of put a a wrench in the process of Mm -hmm. healing. Yeah, these are people that make healing much slower. They stunt the process. Yeah, these are things that, that happens that makes this healing 
much slower or non-existent. And this is a way to sabotage your rebuilding process, gotcha. your recovery process. Mm-hmm. Uh, first is they minimize the pain that their spouse is experiencing. Okay, so they then, don't yeah. quite understand the pain. They downplay it. You're crazy. You're nuts. You're overreacting. And sometimes that's the shame that they feel. They, could they be want the, shame. the pain to stop. And they Yeah, that could be the shame or it could be... Uh, it could be the shame. It could be you know some other things, but they downplay it, and it's right. not very caring. It's not very compassionate. Right. I just nailed your hand to the wall <laughs> with this nail gun, and then I'm going to downplay the pain that you're in. Oh, you must not be in that much pain. This doesn't hurt that much. I don't want to feel bad that I hurt you. Yeah, basically. you know, and so it's really silly right. when you think about it like that. But and they the, minimize the pain, and it slows down the healing process or makes it non-existent. Right. And the second one is to f- they um, they focus on their own hurts, their own pain, their own concerns, and their own needs um, rather than becoming a supporter and a nurturer. They, they're consumed with how they feel and how what's mm-hmm. happening for them, that they can't turn and look at the pain they're causing their spouse. Yeah, and in fact, they're, they're stuck in their own hurt. Right. And they're still bitter, maybe right. even from things in the past. Exactly. Uh, there's also a lack of knowledge about the healing process. Yeah. That's why we, we do this, and that's why we've created this, so that people who are experiencing this, you will know how to recover from an affair. You will know the steps that are necessary. Mm-hmm. You will have a... 360 degree view of everything you need to know and consider when working through an affair and how to heal. Exactly. And the fourth one is uh, there's a lack of knowledge about the trauma associated with the the affair Mm -hmm. or affairs in general. Um, There's a huge level of, um, of trauma, you know, and that's why a lot of people say, well, one minute I feel rage. The next minute I feel sad. The next minute I feel fine. I feel, you know, numb mm-hmm. the next minute. And so there's these ups and downs of, of the very, trauma. Yeah. And the obsessiveness and the need right. to talk about it. Too. Right. And to ask the same question over and over mm-hmm. and over because they process something a little bit differently the next mm-hmm. time or they fully understand something, one part of it, but they still have questions about the other part mm-hmm. of it. And so and, it's yeah, very common. Morgan, that's important. And that's actually a part of trauma recovery right. is the need to go through the story when your spouse is asking about questions and they ask the same question it's not necessarily to catch you in a lie it's so that they can wrap their mind around what happened and begin to heal right and that's an important part of healing absolutely uh there's also what keeps people stuck is sometimes a supporter the betrayer who needs to become that supporter and nurturer what keeps them stuck from healing is that they're still in love with the affair partner Mm-hmm. They still have feelings for the affair partner. And that can really stunt the, the mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. And you need to listen to our uh, what we produced on how to fall out of love with the affair partner. We've and, got information and right. in what we produced on that, so you need to listen to that. Absolutely. Um, they, uh, The betrayer who needs to become the supporter, they are still communicating secretly with the affair partner. Maybe they yeah. haven't cut off ties. Yeah, and that can be two different things. Mm-hmm. You can still be communicating with them. And if you're communicating, obviously you're probably still in love with them, mm-hmm. but you can still be in love with them even if you're not communicating with them. Right. And you and can so, right, not communicate even though you have those feelings for mm-hmm. because you want to be mm-hmm. honest with your spouse. Yeah. Another thing that really keeps people from healing from an affair, a marriage from moving forward, is the one who had the affair is not honest about the affair. Mm-hmm. And Morgan, this is important. And for our listeners, this is really important. If you had an affair, your spouse in a sense, has this, they're hypervigilant. They have this internal uh, lie detector that tells them when they're being lied to and when things don't quite add up. Right. Some call that the intuition. 
yeah, they have this this intuitive ability to know when things don't seem right, and they're naturally more skeptical, and so they're not easily trusting. Uh, so they they tend to know when things aren't stacking up or being right. honest. Right. So if there's something more that you need to say, mm-hmm. they have an idea. There's there's something missing that they kind of have a feeling about. Mm-hmm. Right. And the eighth one, um, they're uh, still experiencing a very horrible negative cycle that we've talked about, and we mm-hmm. will probably continue to talk about. There's fighting and um, just blaming, not blaming, criticizing, demanding, and then avoiding, withdrawing, getting defensive. Exactly. Uh, we're not really sharing and connecting emotionally, mm-hmm. but we're feeling stuck in, and we're getting caught in these rigid patterns of interaction. And honestly, we don't feel like we're cared for very much. Right. And right. obviously having an affair is going to create some negative cycles, or maybe they're going to at least be escalated. escalated. Uh, but Letting these negatives, not getting help for the negative cycles is one of the most dangerous things Mm -hmm. that couples can do after an affair. Uh, Almost every couple has a negative cycle Mm -hmm. after an affair. And And in general. Yeah, and you need to get help with it. And that's something else you can listen to is what we we talked about in negative cycles. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing I would add, and and definitely there there are others, uh, you know, things that make healing slow. Mm Mm-hmm. It's really when the betra- when the one who had the affair, one thing that can make healing harder and slower for the marriage to move forward is the one who had the affair is bitter about something in the past about how they were treated before the affair. Like I mentioned earlier with the, the wife before she had an affair, she was really betrayed by her husband in a different way. Her confidence. Her confidence was betrayed, really just shattered by him because everybody in the family found out these uh, less than favorable things about her that she really never discussed, and it just crushed her, right. just destroyed her, and she started talking more to a friend that she had, and then the affair didn't happen. But maybe not even six months after that, maybe I think it was two or three months after that. Wow! And so it happened fairly quickly. Right. Uh, and so those are some things that are characteristics of uh, someone who's not really supporting. Mm-hmm. And nurturing. It makes and, it slow. The process is yeah, slow. slow or significantly, right? Yeah. And then there are healthy characteristics, things that that we have to have that and if we do have that really make this uh a, I wouldn't say a seamless process, but a more productive process. Right. I think that's a better way to describe it. And one of those the first I would say is they take responsibility and ownership for their actions. Right. They're not minimizing what they did. They are taking ownership of it. I am responsible for this. I did this to you. I'm responsible. There's nothing worse than someone hurting you who doesn't take responsibility and who minimizes what they've contributed and how they did it and blames you for it. I did this to you. I did this to Mm -hmm. us. I did this to our relationship, and Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, and Mm -hmm. I am remorseful. Mm -hmm. The second one is they've ended the affair. They they cut it off. Yeah, they've ended the affair, and that's necessary. Right. The third is they provide emotional support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's important. Uh, The fourth is, uh, if needed, they provide physical comfort. Sometimes people don't want to be touched. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they need it. So Mm -hmm. being physically available. Yeah. And this is important. Mm -hmm. They're honest about everything. They're honest about the affair. They're honest about any contact that they have with the affair partner. If they have to work with them, Mm -hmm. they're transparent, they're open, and they're willing to be honest. Absolutely. And they come forward with it. They don't wait for their spouse to... I have to pry find, it out of them. Or find it accidentally. Or find it on their own. And right. that's, that's huge. And the, the 
sixth one is they express healthy levels of shame, remorse, and guilt. Yeah. Healthy because it's productive. It's not turning inward and yeah, going ex- into a depression. Well, they express their shame, and I don't think you can't you can't help but be depressed after you betrayed somebody. Yeah, that's true. You know, in the right. beginning of this. Yeah. Uh, but they express shame, remorse, guilt. They they show their tears. In fact, Morgan, what mm-hmm. you really what helps a bet- somebody who's been injured from an affair heal is they see that their spouse is hurting for them. Yeah, honestly hurting, not crocodile tears, but real. Yeah, honestly hurting. Right. And they also acknowledge that their spouse has a right to heal, or excuse me, they acknowledge that their spouse has a right to feel hurt. Right. And that's important. Right. And they do whatever it takes to help them heal, right? Mm-hmm. They're proactive in the healing process. Mm-hmm. They've listened to things like us. Mm-hmm. They've read books. They've listened to our material. And they're proactive in the healing process. They know what to expect. They mm-hmm. are there. It's almost like when you know you have a loved one who's going to be going in for cancer surgery. You look them up. You, you look, look up, up on WebMD, mm-hmm. mayoclinic.com. And you go in and you look up what they're going to need and the kinds of support they're going to have. Mm-hmm. And you do that for them. You help them with that. Exactly. And uh, in kind of in lieu of that, something that, that comes naturally then, they understand the healing process. They mm-hmm. understand what it looks like. Um, and then it's much, I think, much simpler for the person who has betrayed their partner to uh, then, you know, see what's happening in front of them instead of it just exploding and they don't understand why. They have a better understanding. Mm-hmm. Right, And they've been able, and this is the last thing I would say, and again, there are others that I'm not including, Mm -hmm. uh, but they're another characteristic that really helps couples recover is when the betrayer uh, has really been able to help the couple avoid fights and arguing. They're not getting defensive. Mm -hmm. They're staying present. Uh, They're staying there with their spouse when they have all these questions and concerns. And so that's important. Uh, And then the last thing I want to go over, Morgan, before we're done today is... You know, what it says about the betrayer when they refuse to be a nurturer and a supporter. This is important. And this is really important because there's some things, there's some factors here. And I've only have, I only have a handful of these, maybe about uh, six or seven ideas on, on why a betrayer would refuse to be a nurturer and supporter. And the first is really they're afraid. Mm -hmm. They are afraid that the process of healing won't work and they don't believe that being honest will have a positive impact on their ability to recover. They're really afraid that in their own potential, it's like they don't believe in them that they can work through this. Right, or the potential of the relationship even. Mm-hmm. The second one is they don't think it'll work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, other people have divorced. You know, most people divorce, which is not true after infidelity. So they just have these um, ideas that society puts in their head that it's not possible, uh, but it's that's a complete false belief uh, you can recover after an affair, but people don't think that they will. Or yeah, they've seen other people who maybe haven't. Right. Uh, but that's not the case. You're right about that. Most of them do recover. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's This is also important, and this is huge, Morgan. Another reason where pe- why people be- refuse to become a healer or nurturer or supporter is they are uncertain if they want to stay with their spouse. And I would say that's probably the biggest yeah. that I've seen yeah. is they refuse – or excuse me, they don't refuse, but they're uncertain if they want to stay with their spouse. For so many reasons. There's yeah. different reasons. Yeah, and that goes in with the next one is they're still involved with the affair partner. Yep. yep. And, you know, and, and another part of this is 
they may not be honest because there's more to the story Mm -hmm. and they want to protect their spouse from more hurtful info. Just like the guy I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. He's not honest because there's more to it. Right. Right. They don't want to see them hurt anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's very difficult, but it's very important. So the next one is they don't believe their spouse will forgive them. They, They may not, they may feel beyond forgiveness. Um, because of the things from the past and what have ha- what's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Morgan, and let right. me say this briefly. They they don't believe that their spouse will forgive them because of things from the past that have happened. Mm-hmm. Because of past times their spouse didn't forgive them. Right. And that's important. Because, How can this be any different? Yeah, well, you're still nagging me about something that happened, you know, that I, from 20 years ago mm-hmm. or five years ago mm-hmm. so how can you and that wouldn't that's not even the same league as this right. it's me betraying you right. so how are you you tell me you can forgive me now how can i trust that right and then the other thing is this is important I, yeah I think this is one's important. and this is really important they want upfront guarantees without putting in any work after the affair that things will be different right they want to know up front okay this marriage beforehand has left me hurt and bitter mm-hmm. so i had an affair now if i'm going to make this work with you and move forward with you i need to know up front that this is going to work and that's part of that fear that's part of uh it's yeah yeah. and it's kind of like your friend comes up to you and says i need a favor but i need you to say yes before uh before i tell you what this favor is (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. kind of like that you're like i don't think i want to say yes i don't know what the favor is yeah (laughs) my firstborn child i don't know yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly uh but they want upfront guarantees that you know, we're going to be happy right. and they will be, but you got to go through the process. Right. It's like, I want to lose weight, but I got to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I got to eat right. I mm-hmm. got to go through the same process. Everybody else does. Right. There's no shortcuts, mm-hmm. you know, and, but here's the thing. There needs to be a balance to this. This person who had the, the affair isn't a slave. They are a supporter, a nurturer. And as a result of that, they're helping the injured spouse heal. They don't lose their voice or opinions. They just recognize my spouse is hurting and I need to be there for them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they can't have needs too. In fact, we want them to have needs that, that can be vocalized. Right, because that's healthy. It's a yeah. healthy pattern. And there needs to be compassion from both sides to make this work. Mm-hmm. That's the key thing. There needs to be compassion from both sides to make this work. Right. And it definitely helps when the person who had the affair is willing to do whatever it takes and they're honest about it. Right. Trust the process. It'll work for you. It's worked for countless others. From my experience, less than 1% who are honest don't make it. Being honest actually hurt them. Less than 1%. The odds are in your favor. Be honest about things and trust the process. You guys are going to make it through this. Right. And so uh, you can do it. I believe in you. Absolutely. I believe in this process as well. Right. That we're talking about. Right. And we've, we've helped hundreds of couples. Oh, yeah. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Have a wonderful day, and we'll uh, be talking to you soon. Hey, one more thing. If you want to break free from the affair once and for all, go to HealingBrokenTrust.com for personalized help or a self-paced online program. That's HealingBrokenTrust.com.